Well, welcome everybody to uh, another edition of <laughs> Father Art TV. And my name is Barry Adams. For those who might be joining us for the first time and don't know who I am, um, I'm flying solo today because my dear friend Mark is uh, he's in Uganda with our another dear friend Mike Hammond, and so uh, they are uh, doing the the uh, Father Heart. Uh, Revelation. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing a school, but they're encouraging uh, the workers there and uh, Moto Mioni. And so, yeah, we're hopefully they're doing well. And just encourage you guys, if you um, think of Mark and Mike, yeah, feel free to pray for them. And uh, yeah, just um, uh, just uh, I'm sure they're they're doing well. I know the weather is is, is certainly warmer than. It is here, so uh, yeah. But I'm I'm on my own, and so uh, today I'm going to be talking about uh, restoring childlike trust, which is one of the I think one of the core messages for me. I don't talk about this uh, particular session um, a lot, but as far as me personally, this is a part of a big part of my life story. So uh, hopefully it to make sense to everybody. Uh, just just a kind of a technical thing can you guys hear me okay no problem with the audio i just um because usually when mark and i are 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 kind of bantering back and forth you know we can kind of be do sound checks for each other but if it's a thumbs up uh if if the audio is okay just let me know um i'm kind of cranked up here as much as i can be but uh yeah and i'm just seeing who's here from a course from the uk and from northern ireland and south africa and norway and in Canada, so just a big, big wave across the world. Um, I just uh, one one thing I did want to to mention about next week. Um, again, glad everybody got here. We got the Eastern or the daylight savings time kind of sorted out uh, now. North America matches Europe, so we're back to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or daylight savings time in in uh, North America, and so. We've finally matched up. Uh, next week, just to let you know, we have a special guest with us. And for those who might have heard uh, our dear friend S.J. Hill, uh, he, he was with us last year. And I'm just going to, you'll, you'll hear me, but I'm just going to put on the slide of, of S.J. Hill. And uh, he's, a, he's a dear friend. I've known S.J. for many years, met him at a Father's Love Forum, I think in 2000 or 2001. Uh, has a powerful revelation of the Father Heart of God, and uh, he has a few books out um, that uh, I'm sure he'll probably be talking about next week. But so that'll be Wednesday, April the fifth. S.J. is going to be with us, and uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Thanks for the I see the thumbs up and the the feedback about the the audio, so that's great. So I just encourage you guys uh, to be with us next week for S.J. And the other thing before I start, I just want to share about as well is uh, some of you, or probably a lot of you who are on or who are listening afterwards, know uh, our dear friend Larry Pearson and Larry and Jacqueline. Pearson are dear friends of ours, long-term friends for for many years. Uh, Larry ministered in in uh, in worship and and um, during on the prayer ministry teams for for the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship for years, and so just and he's been a, a good friend to our our podcast over the over the years. And of course, we do stuff together, the Larry and Barry Flow, 
and um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the live stream, but um, Jacqueline, um, I think it was in November, she had a fall, and she really had a rough go. She broke some bones, and it, it's, it took so, some time to get uh, to recover from that, and she's still in the process of recovering. But uh, I think it was about a, a, a month ago or so that uh, Larry actually got quite sick, and uh, developed pneumonia and was rushed to the hospital. And so he 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 went through this quite a, a battle with uh, COVID, and it was very very intense. And he's doing well now. He's starting to recover. But um, I just wanted to give anybody who who appreciates their ministry. I'm just going to put this here that uh, if you feel that you would want to sow into Larry and Jacqueline in their ministry at this time. Uh, you can do so through PayPal. And so uh, if you look at the address, it's uh, Jacqueline Songbird is the PayPal address. But it, I just wanted to mention that because they are they are dear friends of ours. And, you know, they have uh, this has kind of set them back because they're both in recovery mode now. And uh, so I just wanted to, to mention that and honor them. And and for sure, if you guys could pray for them and again, pray for Mike and Mark in Uganda as well, uh, that would be awesome. So, um, yeah, I think that's all of the the kind of the the uh, housekeeping things, I guess, before I, I start. And as I mentioned, I, I want to share a little bit about Childlike Trust today. And I just pray that it'll be fresh manna for you and fresh manna for me. And that, uh, yeah, sometimes you feel like you have to, you're trying to d- describe the indescribable. And so that's where I feel like I just asking for the Holy Spirit to, yeah, put words to, um, just the cry of the human heart and to be loved unconditionally and to love. And so um, that's what I want to talk about today. So as I start, I just want to open in prayer and then we'll get right to it. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, that you you absolutely love us with an everlasting love, that you've never not loved us from all eternity and you will never stop loving us uh, throughout all eternity. And and Abba, we just ask that today would be a just a, a new revelation a deeper revelation of your faithfulness and your love and how you long for a relationship with us it's 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 two-sided that you have moved heaven and earth in order to to gain our affection and how you value our our trust how you value our simple faith childlike faith and childlike believing that you are who you say you are and I just pray that uh, each and every one of us, as we just continue this journey to get together today, that Papa, you would just help us to to navigate this uh, ever expanding, ever transforming relationship that we have with you, so that we can grow in this level of trust that we have. And thank you, Jesus, for making all of this possible. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for indwelling us and making the revelation of both Father and Son known to us. And all God's people around the world said, Amen. So I just want to talk a little bit about that, as I said. I'm, I'm going to be using my my slides today because uh, I've got a lot of just scripture passages that I, I'm i going to refer to and uh, just think that, that it might be helpful. So to get into it, I just want to uh, read a quote from Oswald Chambers. Now, Oswald Chambers uh, was a, a very 
well-respected Christian author um, that uh, one of his main most popular books is a uh, 365-day devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. And so this is one of the things he said. He said, we can say that we believe many things, but in reality, what we say we believe is not always what we truly believe. What we believe will always be lived out through our actions. So basically, what he was saying here, if if I understand it correctly myself, is the fact that we can say uh, we have certain um, things that we believe in, right, and certain values that we have. But in the when the rubber hits the road, the the reality is is that it's not what we say we believe that is the reality in our life. It's how we actually live our life that really determines what we believe. And so this is where when I talk about this issue of trust, when I talk about this issue of uh, and actually how trust and faith and believing are all intertwined, um, you know, oftentimes we can say, well, I trust God, but then we spend our, and I'll just speak of myself, you know, I can say I trust God and then I spend my day worrying about something. And so the worrying actually exposes in this sense in my own heart that maybe I'm not trusting God as much as I think I am. And the Father loves us through it and he he gets it. But, you know, I think today I I feel like the Lord wants to just encourage each and every one of us to go deeper into this revelation of what it means to, to be restored to childlike trust. And, you know, when we talk about um kids being the greatest in the kingdom and you know of course Matthew chapter 18 1 to 5 you know Jesus disciples come to him and say who's the greatest in the kingdom and he just says bring a little child to me presents the little child and he basically says take a look this is kingdom greatness unless you change you become like this little child that you're going to miss you won't enter the kingdom of heaven so there's something about little children that is I feel is absolutely spectacular in God's eyes and I think one of the things is that little children have this amazing ability to trust they're they're born every every little baby on planet earth has been born with a trusting heart because little kids they just rely on their parents for everything they believe what they're told and they have no choice but to trust. But the thing is, it's not like they have to learn to trust. It's like trust, the ability to trust, is actually woven into the fabric of our hearts. And so, you know, when I think of trust, you know, and these are our three grandchildren, and you might have seen this in, our, in the promo ad for, for today's live stream, but this is our, our three grandchildren. The um, Riley is eight. And then Zoe is six and little Levi is four. And of course, they're the jam and grandpa's jelly roll. And, you know, I learn more from observing them as far as some of the most beautiful attributes of a childlike heart than I could from reading a thousand books. And I think that's why Jesus, when when his disciples said, who's the greatest in the kingdom? He said, well, just bring a little child and take a look at this little child. And, and and of course, you might have grandchildren, you might have small children yourselves, or you might have, you might be an uncle or an aunt to small children, or you might know children in, in, the, in your neighborhood. But the more that we begin to understand how little children intuitively live, and we, the more that we can actually see the kingdom revealed in, in, in all its splendor. And I, I think that, you know, God's desire for each and every one of us was that we would have learned to trust from our parents. You know, the the ones who God intended should love us and protect us. 
but sometimes weren't loved and protected themselves. And this is where the problem is, that God designed us to be able to uh, open our hearts up to our parents. But, and of course, they could only love us to the degree that they were loved. And so this isn't about blaming our parents. This is just about understanding that each and every one of us, we're, we're, we were all created with this beautiful childlike trust, basic foundational trust. And the first place that we went to experience that, to engage that trust with us, our parents, but our, our parents could only give us what they first received. And even if, you know, of course, I don't know if you recognize this little guy uh, to my side here, but, you know, even if our parents weren't able to love us the way we needed to be loved, we still opened up our hearts to them. Because as little ones, we didn't know what else to do but to trust them. We didn't have a plan B, right? Because our entire life was in their hands. And, you know, for many of us, you know, when we were children, our parents were like God to us, right? They told us who we were. They encouraged us. They taught us. They shaped our view of life. They they taught us to, to um, just relate to a world that we lived in so everything that you know we as growing up our parents played a huge role and so even if our parents and couldn't be trustworthy in our lives the this the foundational trust that God placed in us is that we trusted them and it's interesting the more little kids get hurt the less they are able to open up their hearts to love. And I, I've got this little graphic there to see if you can see the big heart and then it goes down to a smaller heart for those who who might be listening through audio and not through the, the video. And the big heart, to me, little children, when they're born, we're all born with these massive hearts. Like we're big open hearts, you know, towards our parents. We are, are connected. You know, I understand that there's a bonding that is, that happens between a baby and their mother that for the first six months of the baby's life, the baby doesn't even know there's any separation between mom and child because there's such a strong connection. But, what happens is when we start to get hurt, you know, that big heart that I really would, I believe, you know, in kind of in the emotional, spiritual uh, realm of our hearts was meant to keep growing bigger and bigger and learning to trust and grow and trust. But when we got hurt, then our heart started to kind of contract and, and get a little bit smaller. And the, the more our hearts close down, the less ability we have to trust God and others. And so, again, with this graphic, I just show that trust actually shrinks. You know, we were born with this incredible, beautiful, open-hearted need and dependence to be loved by God. But then the more that we're hurt, the, the less we have an ability to trust. And the thing is, is the result is that we don't learn to trust. But we what we do learn, unfortunately is we learn to mistrust. You know, trust is broken. And, and as a result of that, you know, we are we struggle to have our hearts open. And I remember my own journey uh, home to trust. I was um, I was with a uh, some prophetic friends. And of course, Larry and Jacqueline were there. And this was back in, I think, 2007. And Anne and I were really struggling. We were, uh, or not Anne as much, me, because the, the nature of what we, our ministry has been, right, it still is the same today. But, you know, we had this global vision to see the Father's love letter delivered around the world. You know, we lived by faith every month. You know, we didn't necessarily know where our, our income was coming. And I always kind of carried this, this sense that, is this going to be the last month that we could do this? And so, uh, 
we asked Larry Jacklin and another couple uh, friends of ours, prophetic friends, to come and minister to Ann and I. And you know, during the ministry time, uh, our other dear friend Sharon said she had this picture of me being a little boy, and I was like two or three years of age, and I just God created me with a trusting heart, and I just tried to trust give that trust to my parents but because of the environment of our home I was not able to to entrust that place my trust in in them and as a result I took that trust back and then I spent my entire life and she said I saw this three-year-old just just all of a sudden becoming hyper vigilant trying to manage life trying to figure out not how to get hurt not to get hurt and trying to anticipate what was expected of me and so when she was ministering to me she she said Barry that the, that you have had broken trust in your life. God wants to restore to you basic trust, basic childlike trust. And then they ministered in that area, and it was just so beautiful because the Lord just really began to minister to me at a, at a deeper level than before. And this was, you know, a, a journey where here I'm a Father Heart guy, right? I've I've been walking in this revelation now, I think for about nine years at this time, but I was still struggling with this idea that it's all going to, it could all end at any given time. And so that's where that uh, they ministered to me about how God wanted to, to restore this basic trust. And I don't know if anybody's heard of this, um, this. There's many personality tests, but one's called Strengths Finders. And this Strengths Finder a personality test focuses on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. So I think they, they picked the top five strengths that you have. And so one of my top five strengths was called a futurist. So this is one of the, you know, after I do the test and there's the analysis and all that. And a futurist is, this is the description of a futurist. You probably need to know what the future holds before you can focus on the day's activities. Now, I think they were, they're being very gracious when they call that a strength. <laughs> In my mind, I feel that, you know, because of the reason why I need to know what the future holds is based on the struggle to be at peace and at rest with the uncertainty of life. And so as a result of that, and you know, growing up in a home where my dad struggled with alcoholism and I did everything I could to try to please him, you know, this futurist kind of strength, and I'll put it in, in quote strength, uh, just caused me to hone this, this need or this ability to try to, to need to know what does the future hold for me. But the reality of it, it was because of broken trust. And, and as a result of this being a futurist, you know, some of the practical benefits of that are, you know, I, you know, even to this day, I think I'm a reasonably good strategist, right? Because I, I have this ability to anticipate what is going on in life. And so, you know, this was, this was a bit of that kind of describing, uh, you know, who I am. But when God began to bring me in this journey of just restoring childlike trust, one of the key scriptures that he he had uh, really caused me to to camp on is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'm sure many of you are very familiar with this scripture. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And And that became an absolute focus for my, you know, my own journey. And when you're interesting... The word trust there, right? Because that is the key. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the trust, uh, it's a, the Hebrew word means to have confidence, to be confident, to be bold, to be secure, to feel safe, to be careless. 
Now think about that for a moment. That that this word trust is it's not just like this um, kind of intellectual ascent where we acknowledge God as God and and we just believe at some level of of um, yeah, just just more mechanical. It is really to have confidence in God and to be even careless in the way that we try to manage our own life because we know that God is is looking after us and to feel safe and secure. And these are some of the things that I struggled with and in a, into a variety of varying degrees I still struggle because this is a continuum. I believe that throughout our entire life you know there are always new things to trust God for, and uh, but if you look at some of the other words that were the descriptions in Hebrew, the heart means the inner man, the mind, the will. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, and so it's it's not just uh, it's kind of a whole holistic package like it that we are when we trust Him, we trust Him with our entire being, and then of course leaning. You know, it, it's not on your own understanding is to not to trust in your own understanding, not to find support in your own understanding. And of course, understanding being discernment. And then, and this is in all your ways, acknowledge him. It's to know by experience. So this is again, this is one of those knowings, you know, that it's not knowing about God, but it's actually coming to a place where we actually know him. And so this was the journey that Papa really took me on where he began to really deal in the in the depths of my heart with these things. And one of the things that Sharon, our friend who was ministering to us with Larry and Jacqueline, had said in that same time in the prophetic ministry they had, they said, Barry, I, I see you, that God is leading you by the hand. You're a little boy and he's taking you around the world and he's holding your hand and, and you're just having the time of your life going on great adventures with your father. And so, you know, and, and that still sticks to me today because, you know, every once in a while we'll travel somewhere and uh, I just need to, you know, I just am warmed to be reminded that I am not alone, that my father is actually taking me by the hand. I'm a little boy and he we're going on great adventures together. And I believe it's the same for you too, that the more that we realize that God is a father to us, Second Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you, not a father figure, but he will father each and every one of us in the way that we all need to be fathered. And it's interesting, I in the New Testament, you know, that's the Old Testament, that's the Hebrew trust. In the New Testament, um, uh, oftentimes we separate trust, believe, and faith as three separate words that have three separate meanings. But it's interesting how the word trust and the word believe are actually interwoven or sometimes the same word. Like in John 14, verse 1, the New Living Translation says, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, and trust also in me. But there's many other Bible translations that say, don't let your hearts be troubled, believe in God, and believe also in me. So when we begin to understand that there's this, the trilogy of words of faith and believing and trusting, it, it like you can't, you can't believe without trust. You can't have faith without trust. It, like trust is the absolute glue that solidifies the, our, our faith. And of course, the, the word trust here, which, which, uh, uh, says this means to believe, to commit to, to, to commit to someone's trust, to think something to be true, to be persuaded of, 
to place confidence in. So this this is that word, that the Greek word that describes both believing and trust. But if you can see that it's to commit to someone's trust, that trust is integrately, it's it's just woven into this relational dynamic that we, we have with God. And it's interesting, John 6, 28 and 29, and and this is this is one of the uh, another very very simple way that Jesus describes what is God looking for right and and they said I'll just read it he says then they asked him what must we do to do the works God requires Jesus answered the work of God is this to believe in the one he sent right so it's easy peasy right it's not like we have to do all this religious striving in order to um you know, just come into the kingdom. It's simply the work is God is to believe. But you know, the interesting thing is that same word is the same word that Jesus said in John fourteen one, and that same word is trust. So it can be either applied as trust or believe because it's the same Greek word. And so think about when we go back to John six twenty eight and twenty nine. What is the work of God? What does God require? What is He looking for? The work of God is this. And that is just to simply trust in the one he sent. You see, that's what God has been looking for. That's what he's absolutely um, longing for in our hearts. And the word faith and trust, like I had mentioned, are tied together. And of course, we're very familiar, many of us, with Hebrews 11.6. And Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter, right? And it talks about all these people who have subdued kingdoms by faith. And then in in verse 11 or verse 6 of chapter 11, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. So again, when we begin to understand that this idea of faith is is connected with, with trust, and this is the dis- description. Now, again, I I'm not a Greek scholar, but if you even see the 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 Greek word there, pistis, it's actually the 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 word for faith or for believing and trusting is pistu. So it it the root word is still comes from the same word, and the word the description for faith is faith, assurance, belief, belief with the pr- predominant idea of trust. Or confidence, and so here you have that trust word again. So uh, the thing that I'm I'm really wanting to encourage you and encourage me as well is that this idea of of faith and believing and trusting the work of God is to trust to believe is such an important uh, aspect of our relationship with God, and that you know you can't have faith or or true believing unless there is that trust component, and. It's interesting, and you guys know this, right? The, the, there were times in Jesus' life with his disciples where he got a little frustrated, right? And he would say to them, in the, in the King James Version, he would say, Oh, ye of little faith, right? And and so, you know, sometimes you think, Oh, well, he was just frustrated because they didn't trust or they didn't believe or they didn't have faith in him. But the complete Jewish Bible, and this is uh, one of the translations, and I, I particularly like this translation for this every time Jesus said, O ye of little faith, what the complete Jewish Bible says is, Oh, you guys, like he doesn't say you guys, but it says, What little trust you have. And if we begin to understand what Jesus said, O ye of little faith, if you say, Oh, you guys, you're not trusting. 
You know, I it's like I'm disappointed. You know, I I, I was hoping that you trust me. And you know, in Matthew chapter six, you know, uh, when he said to them about, about this, oh ye of little faith, he was talking about food, clothing, and shelter. Like guys, don't you get it? You know, you know, you can trust God with this. In in Matthew eight twenty six, when they were you know really upset about the storm. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, you're not trusting me. Like, don't you know, like, I'm going to look after you guys. And then even in Matthew 14, 31, where Peter is, is sinking in the water, you know, Jesus is walking on the water. He, he invites Peter to come out. Peter comes out and, and he starts to see he's on the water. He starts to freak out. He starts to sink. And then so Jesus responds again as, oh, you, you of little faith. But if we understand that the very essence of what Jesus was saying is oh you you don't trust me yet you know it's okay i love you but it's it's not like jesus is looking for this impersonal sense of a some kind of declaration what he was looking for is that his disciples would would actually trust him and interesting that that the halfway point of the bible and i've never i've heard this so don't quote me on it but I've, I've actually heard that this is the halfway point of the Bible, Psalm 118, 8 to 9. Uh, I've never done a, you know, done a, a study myself to measure every, every verse up to that point and every verse afterwards. But it's interesting that it's near the half, the half point, way point if it's not the exact halfway point. In Psalm 118, 8 to 9, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And, you know, it, to me, there's, it's, it's really of no surprise that the Father's desire, the big issue, the thing that, what the work of God, what's the work that we're required to do? Just trust. Just, he just wants us to trust Him. It's, it's really that simple. And then you think of this, the story of the centurion. And you guys know the story. I, I won't spend time to read it. But this is a story where the centurion, a Roman soldier came to Jesus and, and a servant that he really cared for of his was sick. So then Jesus, he said, would you, you know, you know, I, I, would you pray for my, my, um, my servant? And so Jesus said, okay, you know, if you read it, it's Luke chapter seven, verses one to 10. But, and, and so he, he said, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to your house right now. And then the centurion said something to him. He said, you know what? I'm a man under authority. I get this. And, and and you don't I'm not worthy for you to come to my house you just say the word Jesus and it, it'll be done you don't even have to come just speak the word and Jesus was blown away you know it, it, the Bible says that he marveled at the, the, the faith of the centurion but I love how the message tra- um, paraphrase uh, describes what happened and what was the thing that really impressed Jesus in verse 9, it, and this is the message translation, it says, Taken aback, Jesus addressed the accompanying crowd. I've yet to come across this simple, this kind of simple trust anywhere in Israel. You see, I truly believe what really touches the Father's heart and what touches the Son's heart is when we trust them. When in our hearts we are able to, to really be persuaded that God is who he says he is and that we are who he says we are and that we can come into this place of trusting him with all our heart. See, I think one of the problems that with this idea of faith, and we've seen it in in different denominational streams, is that there can be a perception of faith as being something that's legal, mechanical, 
or theological. You know, one plus one equals two. Like there's this, it's almost like a mathematical equation, right? We figure God out. We, we just like, if, if we believe all the right things, then God will do all the right things for us. And, and of course, you know, oftentimes, you know, and, and I think everyone has experienced this at some level where you prayed a prayer and your prayer didn't come, uh, wasn't answered or somebody you cared for who was sick didn't get healed. And, and then we have this crisis of faith when we start thinking about this idea, well, the one plus one doesn't equal two. You know, if we have this mindset that it's mechanical or legal or theological, and, and I think that this is where, you know, I feel even in this, the, our time together today, I believe the Father wants to, to really bring, um, I don't know, just a deeper clarity to the fact that the foundation of faith isn't mechanical, it's relational. When we understand that the root of faith is actually trust, that we see what Abba has wanted all along is just a loving relationship with his kids. That's all he's looked for, and that we would trust him like the toddlers trust their parents, you know, that we would open up our hearts to be able to experience that. Like, if think about it this way, and, you know, think about it in your own relational context. But for me, if my wife didn't trust me, that would hurt me very much. If I felt that she couldn't have, you know, confidence in what I said and she didn't trust me, that would wound me. And, and if that is on a natural um, kind of horizontal plane, how much more does, it, you know, when we relate to God, if we struggle to trust him, does it wound his heart not that he's angry or mad or frustrated but just the the fact that what he's looking for he is looking for sons and daughters to trust him and and i and again i i go back to the centurion where jesus just was totally blown away right they, they couldn't believe that you know in all of israel here's this gentile a roman soldier that had more simple trust than everybody else but i believe when we begin to understand that this idea of faith isn't this mechanical, theological, intellectual ascent. It is relational to the core, and that the root of faith is absolutely trust. Now, you see this picture for those who are watching the video uh, of me. And uh, this was a picture taken uh, quite a few years ago now, but it was uh, a picture with me and my son and our son-in-law, and we all kind of jumped up, you know, leaped in the air to take a picture. Um, we're, we're all kind of in like a Superman pose. But what it reminds me of is when my kids were, our kids were little, they used to love a game that I used to play with them. And that would be, I would, they would just take one step up, you know, in a, in a sta- our staircase and they would jump in my arms, right? And then they would take two steps up, and they would jump in my arms, and then they would take three steps up, and they would jump in my arms. And, you know, at some points, I believe that they had more faith that their father was going to catch them than I had faith to believe that the father was, uh, that I was going to catch them as their dad. But I, I, I caught them. I never dropped one of them. But you see, there's this beautiful trust that they just, they just knew that dad was going to catch them. And I believe in the realm of in the realm of our relational faith with God, he loves it when we just throw ourselves, we leap, you know, <laughs> and for me, by the way, in this picture, for those who are watching the video, the landing was, the leaping was easy, the landing was not so much, 
But uh, that's why I don't do it anymore. But I believe that the Father loves it when we, it's like we get on the staircase of life and say, Daddy, will you catch me? Will you catch me? And we just leap and trusting that he's going to catch us. And, you know, if we as earthly parents know how to catch our children, how much more will our Father in Heaven, you know, catch us when we leap into his arms? See, that's why I, I believe Jesus wants us to really trust in our Heavenly Father. In Matthew six twenty five and 26, this is what Jesus says. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? See, this is, this is one of those moments where Jesus was saying to his friends, guys, and this is my paraphrase, guys, that, you know, I, like your father is good. If he looks after the birds of the air, he's going to look after you because you're infinite worth to him. You are such value to him. And I truly believe the more that we see the idea of faith, through the lens of trust and that through the lens of relationship where he's our papa and as little children trust that God wants us to trust too. You see, I truly believe that God intended that we would learn to trust him at our mother's breast. And of course, that's, this is a lot of that would be pre-fall, but because of the fall, hurting people hurt pe- uh, people and you know we've had this generational cycle of pain throughout right from the garden on. But even King David, he wrote Psalm 22, verse 9, and he says this, You brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. You see, I truly believe that the heart of the Father was that you and I would have learned to trust him at our mother's breast. That that would have been the most intuitive, most natural, normal way that we would have been able to grow in love, grow in our our life, and be able to trust God with all our hearts. You know, Isaiah forty nine fifteen. This is this is where God is speaking about the, you know, is it even possible that a mother can can forsake her child or for, forget her child? And he said, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And you see, I truly believe the Father wants to bring his love into every area of our life, every parental wounding we've had, every father wound that we've experienced, every mother wound that we've experienced. And he wants us to know that he will never forget us. And uh, and in verse 16, he says that for I have in your uh, I have engraved your name on the palms of my hand. Your walls are ever before me. You see, the father's not like any earthly mother or father that we've ever known. He is the perfect father, and he loves us with a perfect love. And part of that restoration process that we're all in, and it's a continuum. You know, it's all we're on it all on a journey together. Is learning to trust him with all our hearts. See, because many of us haven't learned to trust. Uh, at our mother's breast, we learned that love was conditional. 
and basic trust was broken. And so that's this is the tension that you and I are dealing with and we relate to God, especially the parental love of God that the Father represents in our life, that we, we struggle to believe that we're loved because of our own life experience and because of not only our life experience with our parents, but with our friends, with the school system, with an orphan uh, world system, with culture, with media, all these things reinforce this idea that love is conditional, you know, and it's 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 something that continually um, we have to struggle with. And I, I, again, the journey of a child is not learning to trust when they become adults. The journey of a child, for the most part, is learning how to mistrust people because we get hurt, we get disappointed, and we get we're broken. But when I was ministered to with this, with again with Larry and Jacqueline and and uh, Sharon and Ralph, our other friends, one of the things that was spoken to me because you know this idea that revealed that broken trust that I you know I, that God wanted to restore childlike trust in me. It, I can remember when Sharon said to me, "Barry, it's not your fault because God created you with a trusting heart." And I don't know about you, but I need to hear those words that it wasn't my fault, that I was actually woven like into my DNA this ability to trust. And when I was a little boy, I was created to trust. And so it wasn't like there was something wrong with me. But I believe now with the revelation of the Father heart of God that, that God has created us, given us the ability to uh, that God wants to restore that same childlike trust with us. Now, you may be listening to this and maybe you're, you're struggling with trust. Well, I would say welcome to the human race. I think it's it's a something that it, it's a it's you know, there's a different um, you know, ebbs and flows of timing and situations and everything else, but I think it's something that we're all growing in. But an honest prayer even to God in this area of trust is uh, Mark nineteen seventeen to 29, there's this man who came and he wanted Jesus to deliver his son. Jesus asked him a question. He said, do you believe? And he, he this man answered honestly. He said, Lord, I believe, but help uh, me overcome my unbelief. So he, he's basically saying, I believe, but I don't believe. You know, there's areas in my life that I do believe you, and there's areas that I, I really struggle to believe you. And so understanding that the word believing is woven into trust. I believe you could just just switch out the word believe with the word trust. Lord, I do trust you, but help me overcome the areas of mistrust. And you see, when this man said this to Jesus, it was enough. I mean, that Jesus healed his his son and and so I really believe with this kind of authenticity when we come before God, when the Holy Spirit starts to reveal to us the, the areas of broken trust that we've had as children and how that, you know, when we got older, you know, we tried to separate ourselves as much as we could, put as much distance between us and the little us. But that woundedness, that broken trust, that ability to trust with all our heart and not to, and to lean not to our own understanding that the Father wants to come and He wants to bring healing to all these areas. And even, you know, I, and I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling, well, I can't even pray that prayer. Well, Second Timothy 2.13, Paul says this, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. So even when we are faithless, 
the Father because of his faithfulness. He he remains forever faithful to us. So even if you're struggling today, you hear this, maybe the Holy Spirit brings up some 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 thoughts or, 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 or memories of, of, of how trust was broken in your life. Well, even in that place where you feel faithless, I just want to encourage you, the Father is forever faith, faithful for you. And the, the message paraphrase says it this way, if we give up on him, he does not give up, for there's no way he can be false to himself. Because he has so connected himself through the finished work of Jesus Christ that when he looks at you, he he is in all the way God moved heaven and earth so that you would know how much you're loved by him. But I think when we begin to understand that some of the root issues of us even believing or having what we think is faith is actually just a woundedness in the area of trust. And I believe that the Father wants to just restore that area and uh, Brennan Manning is a an author. He's passed away now, but just a, an incredible revelation of the Father Heart of God. He's written many, many amazing books. But here is a a quote from one of his books called Ruthless Trust. And he, he calls trust, our ability to trust God, the second conversion in our, our experience. So we, you know, we come into the kingdom, we come into the revelation of, of being born again and God being a father to us. But then there's the second conversion where we really trust God. And this is what he said. He said, trust is our gift back to God. And he finds it so enchanting that Jesus died for the love of it. And, you know, when I think of Hebrews 12, verse 2, where it says that, that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. I believe this is the kind of joy that was in the radar of Jesus, where where he saw, you know, many, he was bringing many children to glory, and, and we saw that we were able to have trust restored, and that, that we were able to be able to call God Father, and bring healing to all those parental woundings, and be able to trust him with all our hearts. When we look at Jesus, even on the cross, he trusted his father. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46, uh, this is where Jesus is actually giving his spirit, yielding his spirit to the father. It says, then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. Those were the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross to his father. He trusted him, his spirit to his father. And you know it's interesting when you when you look at that. There's a uh, a children's prayer, a Hebrews children's prayer in Psalm 30, 31 and verse five. This is from what I understand. This was a, a very very common prayer that little children would pray before they would go to sleep. Kind of like you know the uh, the version that we would you know uh, when I was growing up was now I lay myself down to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And so. This was a Hebrews children's prayer, and it says in Psalm 31, verse 5, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord God, my faithful God. And and so when Jesus was saying this prayer, Father, into your hands I commit your, my spirit, he was actually speaking this Hebrew children's prayer. And I truly believe that the more that we understand that the nature of love itself is to trust, 
This is the essence of what the Father is, is after in our hearts because trust is relational. He's not looking for some kind of mechanical faith that is an absence of love. You know, even when you think of 1 Corinthians 13, you know, uh, verses 1 to 3, where um, Paul says, even if I have faith to move mountains, but if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. And so it's this very essence of what love is, the essence of love, the substance of love, the stuff of love. It's, it's rooted and grounded in a relational dynamic with our, our Heavenly Dad. And I love First Corinthians 13, 7 and 8 that describes the character and nature of love. And it says, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You see, the very nature of love itself is to trust. And when you think about how the Father opens his heart up to us and trusts us, because love trusts, love always trusts. It just absolutely starts to blow our, our minds, I believe. And, and I really believe that our life is a journey of learning to continue to trust in God's love. In First John 4.16, in the New Living Translation, it says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. You see, I truly believe that this is a, a continuum. This is a journey. This is, a, uh, you know, um, something that we're all experiencing. This this particular uh, scripture, First John four sixteen, when when my my father, my own father, passed away prematurely in his his uh, mid sixties from an illness. Um, uh, First John four sixteen. Even at the funeral, like we were devastated as a family, it was like I don't understand this. All I can do is is trust in the love that God has for us, to know and rely on the love God has for us. And there's there's times in our life when we go through heartache, we go through struggle, we go through issues in our life where we really battle these things. And I truly believe that the Father is continuing to woo us. He's continuing to persuade us. As Paul said in Romans eight thirty five to 39, For I am persuaded that nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the more that the Holy Spirit is wooing us and convincing us and encouraging us and calming us, I believe the more that we will be convinced that there is nothing that can separate us, that separation is an illusion, that we are safe and secure in the love of the Father's arm. You see, in my own life, in Anne's life, my wife, there has been many opportunities for us to, to learn to trust in Abba's love, whether it's the the worldwide vision that we had to see the love letter delivered to every person on the planet, you know, from a very small house, <laughs> not a big organization, and how to trust God with how that would work out, whether it's Psalm 46 verse 10, uh, it just says, be still and know that I am God. And there was a season of 18 months where God said to me, Barry, I want you to stop everything. I want you to trust me with your financial provision. Stop traveling. Uh, you know, just stop selling. At that point, we were selling the Father's love letter. And he said, stop selling these resources and trust me. And so that was the journey of trust. When our daughter was going through chemotherapy treatment, two and a half years uh, of cancer treatment for leukemia, at one point, you know, I was struggling with worry and anxiety and fear and and over her, because as a father, I was just absolutely devastated. 
And I remember the moment that God said to me, Barry, can you trust me with Candace? Will you trust my care for her? And I had to actually give that big care and concern. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And of course, we've all experienced a worldwide pandemic in the last you know, a few years and how that has affected us and family and relationships and finances and all those things. And I, I just believe that there's, there's always more opportunities for us to continue to learn to trust God, to trust in His love and to, no matter what comes our way, He is a good dad and that He is faithful. Even when we feel faithless, He remains faithful, you know. And so I would just really encourage you just to, to being, to, just to take take heart to know that even it's not about our faith; it's always been about our Papa's faithfulness. And I just encourage you, in your own quiet time, or in the in the last few minutes of of just our live stream, I'll put some music on. I just encourage you just to ask God to show you uh, where trust was broken and how He wants to restore childlike trust to you in your own particular life and so I'm just going to uh, put on the music and just for a few minutes I'm just going to just spend some time and I just encourage you maybe just to ask the father about your own life he knows you he knows everything that you've experienced in life he knows every heartache he knows every disappointment he knows where trust was violated where it continues to be violated in your life But he is not like any earthly father, any earthly mother, any authority figure in your life where trust was violated. He is the perfect father. So Father, I just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, even in this very moment, would you speak to every one of your sons and your daughters about their own life and about their journey of trusting? Father, would you just show us that the longing of your heart isn't some mechanical faith or belief, but you just want us to trust you. Wow, I just think of that Isaiah 26.3 that says, You will keep them in perfect peace because their minds are fixed on them, on you, because they trust you. Father, I just pray now by just by the Holy Spirit, the, the loving spirit of the son, the spirit of the father that lives in us, that father, you would begin to just show us where trust was broken in our lives. And father, would you just restore that childlike ability to trust you that each and every one of us was given at the moment of our conception that was was absolutely woven into our DNA and I just want to remind each and every one of you again, if you if you struggle to trust today, it's not your fault. Father says it wasn't your fault. You were created with a trusting heart. And I truly believe right now by the power of the Spirit that the Father wants to restore that ability for you to trust Him with all your heart. And in that process of trusting Him with your entire being, that we would be freed from leaning to our own understanding, our own intellect, our own worry and stress and anxiety and reason and all the things, Father, that just swirl in us. Sometimes it's like a loop. It never ends. This this ability to, to constantly have anxious thoughts. Father, I pray that peace would come. 
that passes understanding and would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, so even in this moment, would you restore broken trust? Man, I just encourage you just to ask the Father to speak to your situation, to you personally and intimately right now. And for some of you, the Father might lead you into a place of forgiving the person who violated you, who broke that trust, so that you can be free. For some of you, I believe even in this very moment, the Father is wrapping His arms around you and you're just feeling just a a hope that trust is becoming restored in your life again, that you can trust your Heavenly Father because He will never let you down. Because you're a good dad, Abba. I encourage you just to take a deep breath and just ask the Father to speak about these things in your life. Take a deep breath and breathe in His love. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're restoring childlike trust. The ability to trust you even in the midst of the storms when there's we're in the boat and there's storms all around us, Father, that that we can trust you. And Father, when we're in the midst of a, a dark night and morning hasn't come yet, we can trust you. Because you're good. Because you're trustworthy. Because you're faithful. Even when we feel faithless, you remain faithful. Just keep breathing in his love. Whoa. You see, I truly believe that we have this unique privilege, this side of heaven where we are not in a place where we see Jesus face to face yet but we're in a broken orphan hearted world system and it's in this place in this this side of heaven that we can express our our delight and our belief and our faith and our trust in Father because when we see we're in heaven you know there won't be need any need for faith then because we're going to be with God forever but here on planet earth in the midst of the struggles I believe that it touches the heart of the father like not any else, anything else can when we he, he trusts me she trusts me just like Jesus marveled over the centurion I believe the father just marvels over us that in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our disappointments, in the midst of the confusion or the darkness, we just say, Father, I trust you. As Jesus, his last words on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, that that we would have that childlike simplicity and say that Hebrew children's prayer. Father, we just commit our lives to you. 
And Father, I just pray even when there's that this little grain of, of trust where we say, Lord, I trust you. Help the areas that I don't trust you. Father, would your love come now? And just bring healing to every broken heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. So thank you guys for being with me this week. I'll be back next week. And just a reminder that we'll be with our friend S.J. Hill, who will be here. And so just invite you to come again, same time. And just bless you and just hope you guys have a great week. So we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.